One of the most dangerous sectors in America is healthcare. According to new data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, about three in four non-fatal instances of workplace violence injuries involved healthcare providers or social workers in 2020. Such injuries from workplace violence have gone up every year since 2011, and healthcare workers are victims more often even than law enforcement. This is Pulse Check. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services sent letters to all 50 states and D.C. this week, warning them against breaking the law as they work to purge ineligible people from their Medicaid roles. Agency flagged three areas of concern, paperwork problems, long call center wait times, and slow application processing. 36 states were flagged for falling short on at least one of those criteria, and five fell short on all three. The pharmaceutical company Novo Nordisk said Thursday that existing patients will get priority for their weight loss drug Wegovy over people who want to start taking it for the first time. The announcement came amid an ongoing shortage of the medication driven by high demand. And the impending loss of Medicaid coverage for millions of Americans represents a major challenge for President Biden, conflicting with his message of economic progress and jeopardizing health protections expanded during the pandemic. Politico's White House correspondent Adam Kinkren is here to explain. Of course, anytime. So your story this week is about the slow-moving crisis that is Medicaid unwinding, in which millions of people are losing their insurance coverage as states check eligibility for the first time in a few years. And you wrote that this could hurt Biden politically as he runs for re-election. Why is that? Yeah, this is tough timing for something that folks have seen coming now for several years. To back up a little bit, at the beginning of the pandemic, Congress ordered states to essentially stop a process where people have to renew their Medicaid coverage every year. And the idea was so that people wouldn't miss paperwork or forget to file something and then suddenly find at the height of a pandemic that they don't have any health insurance. And this was a big boon for the Medicaid program. We saw really record enrollment, more than 90 million people, one in four Americans getting health coverage through the Medicaid program across the country. And we saw that kind of grow. The uninsured rate dropped to new lows, we just found out a couple weeks ago. And that was all great, except that at some point you have to go back to the way that things were. And earlier this spring, Congress passed a law that essentially stopped that protection. And so states started to comb through their roles and say, okay, who is no longer eligible and kick them out of the program? This is something that everybody saw coming for a while, but even so, the impact of it all hitting at once, three years of buildup, has been significant, especially for a White House that, one, wants to run on a healthcare platform of things getting better, people getting more coverage, people having coverage that's more affordable, and at the same time, on this broader Bidenomics idea that things are getting better overall for people, especially working-class voters, the ones who are most likely to be on Medicaid. So the concern here from allies and also inside the administration is that these disenrollments, millions of people losing their health coverage, is essentially going to undercut what would otherwise be a pretty positive health care message for Joe Biden. And the Biden administration obviously asked them about this, and they say they are holding states accountable for throwing people off Medicaid who might actually be eligible but can't prove it or fell through the cracks somehow. But what is the administration actually doing, and is it working? Yeah, it's a tricky process because Medicaid programs are run essentially by the state. So while the federal government has power over some aspects of funding, the authority is really limited. 
what the administration has tried to do is, and what they say they are doing at this point is just keeping tabs on every state really closely, how well they are answering calls from enrollees trying to make sure that they continue their coverage, whether they are accurately and quickly reviewing people who have remained eligible and continuing their coverage, and going to states and saying something looks off if something does look off, or trying to work with them and pressure them to make sure that they are doing this as accurately as possible so that people don't lose coverage for paperwork reasons or for mistakes that were made in the system. The difficulty, though, is that a lot of this has happened behind the scenes. And because the administration doesn't want to hurt its ongoing relationships with states, they have been really, really reluctant to publicly call out states that they feel are not doing a good job. And that could be both red and blue states. So it's been really tough and I think frustrating for a lot of advocates and for folks on the Hill that they see and they hear from the administration that they're doing all they can, but they can't actually hold that to account. They can't actually see something that proves it. And that's tough to swallow, especially when you're seeing millions of people in headline numbers losing their coverage every month. Yeah, you talk to some members of Congress who say, look, we gave the administration powers to really make sure this doesn't hurt as many people as it's hurting. Are they likely to step in? We haven't seen really any hearings on this, any oversight actions, demands for information yet, but could we? To your point, Congress kind of foresaw this a little bit. In the spending bill that they passed last year, they gave the administration a few new authorities in order to crack down on states who they felt weren't doing a good job in this disenrollment. But so far, the administration's refused to kind of take the most drastic ones, which would be withholding funding, certain pockets of funding, as an example, in lieu of this kind of softer touch approach. And that has been, I think, massively frustrating for some members of Congress, especially Democrats, who felt like we really, really tried hard and negotiated hard, went to the mat for these provisions, and now the administration is not taking advantage of the power we gave them. So I think it remains to be seen. It's a little tricky because, as is normal, you know, Democrats don't want to be seen criticizing Democrats. There's a little bit of friction in terms of going public with that. I spoke to Senator Ron Wyden, who runs the committee that oversees Medicaid. He told me that everybody needs to be doing better. Everybody needs to be being more forceful. And that certainly, whether we see it publicly or not in the coming weeks, that certainly is a message that's being relayed privately over and over and over again at high levels in the White House and at HHS. Yeah, it's the classic thing where the Biden administration doesn't want to piss off governors. Democrats in Congress don't want to piss off the Biden administration. Everybody's keeping real quiet, even as this crisis is unfolding. And so what does this mean for 2024? Obviously, Biden will try to campaign on his health care record, and this could be sort of a black mark. Yeah, it's a really tough situation for him. Nearly 4 million people that we know of, and it's likely more, have lost coverage as a result of this. The projections by this time next year are up to 15 million, although folks that we're talking to now say actually the number is likely to be even higher. And that's a lot of people, working class voters, who are already skeptical of this idea that Biden and his policies have had a positive impact on their lives, and who suddenly may find themselves without health coverage and saying, you know, what happened for the last three years? I was good, and now suddenly I'm not. And that can certainly affect the way people vote and, more importantly, if they decide to vote. It's a political problem. It's certainly a human problem. You know, when I talk to folks in the administration, they say, well, we've made these gains elsewhere, especially around Obamacare coverage. Hopefully that will outweigh whatever negative comes with this. And also that there will be an ongoing effort to reach people who have lost their coverage and reconnect them elsewhere. But again, those are all details that depend on how well they're managed over the next several months leading up to the home stretch of the reelection campaign. 
And just so folks don't think all of these people are, you know, grifting the Medicaid program and, you know, earning a lot of money, a lot of the people losing coverage are children, right? Which could be a real black mark for Biden and the states where it's happening. I mean, in just a handful of states that we have data for, close to a half a million children, newborns, kids on Medicaid have lost coverage. And that's one thing that you talk to any advocates, they say should not be happening because eligibility is a lot looser for kids. It speaks to also kind of a broader development that we're seeing happen at this moment is the dismantling of all the safety net supports that were put in early in the pandemic to kind of help people out during a crisis. Those are going away. And yes, they were designed to go away, but it is inevitably going to leave people feeling like they've lost something, whether it is health coverage, whether it is an extra stimulus payment, whether it is help with things like childcare. And that, again, is an inopportune development for Joe Biden at a time when he's trying to convince people things are on the up and up. So all these things that have just kind of rippled out from the pandemic that we're going to see how they kind of affect people's feelings politically over the next several months. Well, thank you so much for walking us through this. And we're sure to have you back because this is an ongoing issue. Anytime. We'll be keeping our eye on it. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Alice Miranda Olstein. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.